Kole tule ne makali, kaler kole dishna pele. Kole tule ne makali, kaler kole dishna pele. Receive me on thy lap, O mother. Cast me not at delusion's door. Receive me on thy lap, O mother. Cast me not at death's door. So we should pray to God. That is a famous song chant in Bengali, a devotional song. But let us ask Divine Mother always to receive us on her lap because everything else is delusion. And where there is delusion, there is pain and suffering. And yes, delight, but the delight always cancelled out by pain. And yes, the pain cancelled out by delight, but who wants to be constantly going up and down and up and down? As Satisai Baba says, joy is an interval between two pains, and pain is an interval between two joys, and so it constantly goes. Let me read you a passage here from Conversations with Yogananda. This is 331. The absence of ego-consciousness does not mean that self-consciousness ceases to exist. Far from it. Rather, it is the sense of self, uh, of self-made. I'm sorry. Rather, it is the sense of self-made infinite. This great truth is described in his poem in the following line: "Ever present, all flowing, I, I, everywhere." Often, with great enjoyment, he told the following story to illustrate a master's complete lack of ego-consciousness. The gopis, he said, used to bring fresh cheese every morning to Krishna. Joyfully, they would cross the river Jamuna to the other side, where Lord Krishna lived. He relished that cheese because of the devotion with which they brought it. One morning, to their great dismay, the river was in flood. How were they to cross it? One of them then had an inspiration. Vyasa, a great disciple of Krishna's, lived on their own side of the Jamuna. This was the famous Vyasa who years later wrote the Bhagavad Gita. Let us go and plead with him to perform a miracle, the gopi cried. Eagerly they rushed to the hut where Vyasa lived. Sir, they cried, we've been taking cheese every morning to Lord Krishna. This morning, however, we can't get across the Jamuna is in flood. Would you please help us? They smiled at him winningly. Krishna, Krishna! shouted Vyasa as if in anger. All I ever hear is Krishna. What about me? Does it never occur to you that I too might enjoy a little cheese? Well, what a dilemma. They deeply respected Vyasa, but after all, this cheese was intended for Krishna. If, however, the only way to get it to him was with Vyasa's help, what else could they do? Please, sir, they said, Take a little of this cheese for yourself. Well, Vyasa took it. And then he ate and ate and ate. He didn't stop eating until he could, couldn't swallow any more. There was only a little portion of cheese left for Krishna. Vyasa then hoisted himself to his feet and somehow carried himself to the riverbank. 
How I smile at the memory of the master's pantomime of that lumbering act somehow carrying himself. Jamuna, Vyasa cried on reaching the river, if I have not eaten anything, divide up and part. What on earth is he saying, whispered the girls to one another. First he stuffs himself like a pig, and now he cries if I have not eaten anything. What a liar! What possible good can come of this adventure? To their amazement, the river parted. A narrow opening formed between two great walls of water. The girls crossed hastily to the other side, not stopping to puzzle out this mystery. They hurried to Krishna's cottage, crying out, Lord Krishna, Lord Krishna! Usually he was standing at the cottage door, eagerly awaiting their cheese. Today, however, there was no sign of him. Lord Krishna, they cried, where are you? What's the matter? When they reached his front door, they peeked inside and saw Krishna stretched out on a couch, his mouth curved in a happy smile. To their anxious inquiries, he replied sleepily, Oh, I'm sorry, I just can't eat any more cheese today. But, Lord, who fed you? No one else brings you cheese in the morning. Oh, he replied, that fellow Byasa on the other side has fed me too much already. Vyasa, you see, had been thinking only of Krishna as he ate. His body swallowed the cheese, but Krishna got all the benefit. Thus concluded the Master, should one act in this world, think always of God. Ask Him in everything you do to do it through you. Now, in the beginning, this is just an affirmation. You do your best to live for God you do your best to feel that he is the doer, but always it's an affirmation because it's the ego doing that. It really, you can't put yourself into samadhi. This is why you need the guru. This is why the gurus, it says in his poem, Samadhi, my guru wrote, by deeper, longer, thirsty, guru-given meditation comes the celestial samadhi. You know, I'm going to read you this poem, Samadhi. In the first edition, the whole poem is there. For some reason, in later editions, passages were cut out. Even this one, by deeper, longer, thirsty, guru-given meditation. I don't know why it was cut out. The editor explained to me that, well, she had other things that she needed to put in. and She had to shorten the poem in order to make room for it. I don't think that was very wise. It's a great poem, and those are very great lines. In fact, let me read you that poem right now. It's, as I said... Samadhi, and in my opinion, this is the greatest mystical poem I have ever read. It describes a state of consciousness that very few people can, even great masters have not been able to explain it. The Christian saints have described it as a mystical marriage, and others have described it in different ways. But my guru put it in ways that it becomes real to you. A very interesting thing about this poem, too, I've told you this before on this program. He wrote it on the New York subway. There couldn't be a more worldly environment than that. But when he was in God, nothing else existed. In fact, he told us nobody even asked my, for my ticket, or, well, you don't, I don't know if they had a ticket in those days. You don't nowadays. But the point is that nobody challenged him on just going backwards and forwards on the subway. 
He said, because, in fact, nobody even saw me. But he was in this divine state, in that very gross environment, and he was experiencing samadhi. All is God. All is holy because it's God. Let me read you this wonderful poem. Vanished the veils of light and shade, lifted every vapor of sorrow, sailed away all dawns of fleeting joy, gone the dim sensory mirage, love, hate, health, disease, life, death, perished these false shadows on the screen of duality. Waves of laughter, scyllas of sarcasm, melancholic whirlpools melting in the vast sea of bliss. The storm of Maya stilled by magic wand of intuition deep, the universe forgotten dream subconsciously lurks, ready to invade my newly wakened memory divine. I live without the cosmic shadow, but it is not bereft of me. As the sea exists without the waves, but they breathe not without the sea. Dreams, wakings, states of deep turiya, sleep, past, present, future, no more for me, but ever-present, all-flowing, I, I, everywhere, planets, stars, stardust, earth, volcanic bursts of doomsday cataclysms, creation's molding furnace, glaciers of silent x-rays, burning electron floods, thoughts of all men past, present to come, every blade of grass, myself, mankind, each particle of universal dust, anger, greed, good, bad, salvation, lust, I swallowed, transmuted all into a vast ocean of blood of my own one being. Blind, smoldering joy, oft puffed by meditation, blinding my tearful eyes, burst into immortal flames of bliss, consumed my tears, my frame, my all. Thou art I, I am thou, knowing, knower, known as one. Tranquil, unbroken thrill, eternally living, ever new peace. Enjoyable, beyond imagination of expectancy, samadhi bliss, not an unconscious state or mental chloroform without willful return. Samadhi but extends my conscious realm beyond limits of the mortal frame to farthest boundary of eternity where I, the cosmic sea, watch the little ego floating in me. The sparrow, each grain of sand, fall not without my sight. All space floats like an iceberg in my mental sea, colossal container I of all things made. By deeper, longer, thirsty, guru-given meditation comes the celestial samadhi. Mobile murmurs of atoms are heard. The dark earth, mountains, veils, low, molten liquid, flowing seas change into vapors of nebulae. Ohm blows upon vapors, 
opening wondrously their veils. Oceans stand revealed, shining electrons, till at last sound of the cosmic drum vanish the grosser lights into eternal rays of all-pervading bliss. From joy I came, for joy I live, in sacred joy I melt. Ocean of mind I drink all creation's waves, for veils of solid, liquid vapor, light, lift to right. Myself in everything enters the great myself, gone forever, fickle, flittering, flickering shadows of mortal memory. Spotless is my mental sky, above, below, and high above, eternity and I, one united ray, a tiny bubble of laughter, I am become the sea of mirth itself. What a wonderful poem. And to realize that man cannot imagine that state, as my guru said, beyond imagination of expectancy. You think, well, maybe you'll be a little happier then. You can't imagine that state. A state that is quivering with joy in every atom of creation. And you know the interesting thing is that you don't even lose your ego. Remember what he said here? I, the cosmic sea, watch the little ego floating in me. You don't destroy the ego. You transform it into an infinite self. But that infinite self, as long as it's got to keep this little body moving, I never will forget walking with my guru at the desert, at his desert retreat. And sometimes he would sort of pause and almost stagger as if, I had to stop him from falling. I had to hold him up. And he said to me, it's so difficult to remember which body I'm supposed to keep moving. I mean, all bodies. This is the state of nirvikalpa samadhi, where even though you live in a body and carry on your duties and eat and sleep and write books and whatever it might be, still you know that you are infinite. You are aware of that infinite. And this dichotomy, it's really a very intriguing state, something far beyond what the ordinary human mind can understand. But it's something toward which we should always work. He used to say, memorize this poem and repeat it every day. In fact, I made a recording of it with music in the background so as to help, help you to, to go deep into each thought without a long pause of silence. But samadhi, Samadhi bliss, this is your reality beyond anything you can possibly imagine. You can think of the most beautiful happiness you've ever had. It's nothing. I'll never forget, I had a very blissful meditation one time, and I was thinking, that was pretty hot stuff. I, report, or I mentioned it to my guru. He said, that's nothing. In other words, he wanted me to understand that what I'm looking for is beyond and beyond and beyond. As he said also in this same book I quoted, there's no end to evolution. You go on until you achieve endlessness. Samadhi is the goal of life. Don't think that it's something that is... that. No, your ego will never be able to encompass it, but you will. The reason for humility, ultimately, is to give up this sense of separateness from God. 
It's not to abase yourself and say, Lord, you're so great. I'm nothing. My papi, who I'm a sinner, I'm no good. Don't think that way. You are a child of the infinite. You have his power within you. There is nothing that is not that you are not capable of doing if you allow him to do it through you. All the greatest things that mankind has ever done are still nothing compared to what he can do. And he can do it through you. Why not? One person, a friend of mine, said something that I've always enjoyed. When somebody said, do you think you can do it? He said, others have done it. Then why can't I do it? That same self that's in me is in them. And in fact, it's a good thought to have. Not that I can't do it, but that he can do anything through me. I've seen several times in my life when I really knew that I could not do it. And yet, then the thought came, but he can do it. And if I let him do it, and so I've sort of opened up the floodgates and have allowed him to pour through me, I've been absolutely aghast at what he could accomplish. It wasn't I who did it. I didn't even care that it wasn't I. There was no thought that, hey, what about me? None of that. How wonderful it is to see that he can accomplish something through you. He can. There isn't anything that you feel that you should do that he can't do it if you will give him that chance, if you will just let him do it. And so, remember that the goal of life is to get away from the, in, the little self and to realize that you are that infinite self. You are He. You are Brahman. And in Him, you are ever free. Listen to this song now. It expresses these thoughts in another dimension. Joy to you. He who clothes the field with lilies. He who feeds the birds of the air. He who floods the hills with sunshine. He whose love all creatures share. Will he not clothe us? Will he not feed us? Are we not like them his own? Fill your chalice at his fountain. No. no.